Welcome to the Gut Podcast on endoscopic duodenal mucosal resurfacing for the treatment of type 2 diabetes mellitus. One year results from the first international open label prospective multicenter study published in paper copy in Gut in February 2020. My name is Dr. Philip Smith. I'm the digital and education editor of Gut and a consultant gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. I extend a very warm welcome to Professor Jack Bergman, who is a professor of endoscopy at Amsterdam University Medical Center. Professor Bergman is the senior author on this excellent paper. Professor Bergman, thank you so much for joining me today to do this podcast, and congratulations on your excellent paper. Thank you, Philip. It's a really excellent paper. Uh, I've enjoyed reading it, but I wondered for our listeners whether you could explain the background to your study and why it's so important to research into this area. Well, thank you, Philip, for inviting me to this podcast. I think about six years ago when I was first approached, if I, as an endoscopist, would be willing to do duodenal ablation for treatment of diabetes and metabolic syndrome, I thought this was really one of the craziest ideas that I've had heard in my career. The the duodenum is something where endoscopists only go to reach uh, the papilla father and then to tackle bile duct disease or pancreatic disease or or move beyond the ligament of trites and then enter into the small bowel. But to purposely ablate a normal appearing and from our from from our perspective almost a healthy duodenal mucosa in order to improve diabetes control and improve metabolic health in these patients really uh, was a, a strange and bizarre idea. But then again, there were data from bariatric surgery that actually suggested that even very shortly after bypassing the duodenum in bariatric surgical procedures, so even when there is not a single gram of weight loss has occurred the day, the day after surgery. Overweight patients with diabetes experience a remarkable reduction in their glycemic parameters. Um, and that's a strange phenomenon that we really did not understand for a long, long time. But it appears that from the duodenum, there is a metabolic regulation that improves the sensitivity of probably the hepatic insulin, um, and that improves insulin um, sensitivity of these patients. And that's actually the key feature of type 2 diabetes. Type 2 2 diabetes patients basically have their own insulin, yet their body has become more and more resistant to its effect. They need more and more insulin to maintain the same level of glycemic control. And at some point, this compensating mechanism fails, and then blood sugar levels rise. And finally, the pancreas gets exhausted and then the patient is left with hyperglycemia and no further insulin production. But in this, in this phase where the patient still has some exogenous insulin production and his or her body is insensitive to this insulin, apparently there's something that we can do at the level of the duodenum that actually makes the disease state better controllable. 
and animal experiments in, in diabetes rats actually suggested that if you would ablate the duodenum in diabetes rats, that they experienced a remarkable improvement of their glycemic control. And then uh, a company in the, in the United States developed a tool and tested that in, in pigs in which they safely were able to ablate the duodenal mucosa of pigs. And then the first in human study in Chile actually suggested that if you ablate more than five to 10 centimeters of the horizontal part of the duodenum, that indeed these patients could experience a significant effect in their glycemic control. So we're, after going through a lot of discussions with our ethical committee, who found this idea just as outrageous as I found it initially, and were quite reluctant to have healthy type 2 diabetes patients undergo a potentially invasive and, and damaging procedure. After they have carefully allowed us to do this in a multi-center setting in a European trial, we indeed experienced in this study that our patients had a significant improvement of their glycemic parameters with an outpatient procedure that was pretty well tolerated without any significant serious adverse events. So that's a remarkable thing because if this allows our patients to have a compliance-free treatment, just a single endoscopic treatment, more or less with the same effect as if these patients would be getting an additional oral anti-diabetic drug, yet now compliance-free, this could have a, a huge implication in the management of a very, very large population of type 2 diabetes patients. Thank you, Professor Bergman. I, I agree uh, completely fascinating this because I, I, I completely agree with your sentiment that I would never have expected this as a potential treatment option for diabetes. Reading your paper, you found uh, lots of new findings. Could you very briefly summarize those new fi findings, but then explain about how ultimately this study may impact on clinical practice, but also on research priorities in the foreseeable future also. The main results in our study was that we, we, we treated, in the end, we were able to analyze 36 patients treated in seven European centers. And on average, these patients experienced after the DMR and after three months, they experienced an 0.9% reduction in their most important glycemic parameter, the HbA1c level, which is a measure of more or less long-standing glycemic control. The magnitude of that effect is about equivalent to having these patients take an additional anti-diabetic drug. And we experienced that these results were actually stable over a course of 12 months. And we now know outside the publication in gut that this effect is in fact even maintained at 24 months. DMR procedure is a procedure that is done under deep sedation or in some of these centers it was done under general anesthesia, but we expect that this is a scalable treatment that at some point will allow endoscopists to do these within 30 minutes and as outpatient procedures. Most of our patients had no or just very mild symptoms in the days after the procedure, generally controlled, if necessary at all, by just standard painkillers. Uh, patients adhere to a 
liquid diet and then gradually expanded their, the, their diet to a normal diet in about two weeks time. Um, and then at three months when we did the follow-up endoscopy, we really couldn't see uh, that anything had changed at a morphological level, at least from the endoscopist's perspective. This really looked like a non-scarred uh, normal duodenum and no patients experienced any long-term side effects of the treatment. So what's the key, what, where is this leading to? Um, well, there's one of the frustrating things is that we can only at this stage can only guess what the underlying mechanism is. We, we think that we are changing something in the duodenal mucosa, probably not at the epithelial level. So it's not a resorptive change that we do. It's not like that the sugars are differently being absorbed. Now, it probably has to do with the hormonal regulation from the duodenal epithelium itself. Uh, that probably, we probably ablate the bad hormonal producing cells or cause a kind of hormonal reset at the duodenal level. Uh, that then leads to the normal insulin that the patient still produced now being dramatically more effective and therefore uh, glycemic control with the same amount of insulin now doing its normal work. From a scientific standpoint, truly unraveling which hormonal factors are involved in this really is like a scientist's dream. If you find this out, it will turn the whole way of managing diabetes really upside down. But in the end, the effect uh, the proof is in, in, in eating the pudding, and eating the pudding in this case means if you do the duodenal ablation, we actually see that the glycemic control is improved. So even although we don't fully understand the mechanism, there is something there that we can tackle in a way that endoscopists do and can do on a, on a daily basis. And if you look at, at how many diabetes patients we have or patients with fatty livers, in which insulin resistance is the the key factor, and that we're not only targeting the glycemic parameters, which is basically what we do if we give these patients exogenous insulin, we're only repressing the glycemic parameters, but we're not tackling the root cause problem in these patients. This approach, probably by tackling the duodenum, goes to the root cause of type 2 diabetes, the insulin resistance, and therefore is a much more physiological approach in managing these patients than most of the medications and treatment advices we're giving our diabetes patients. Well, I must say, uh, Professor Bergman, it's an absolutely fascinating area. And I can see uh, just from your description now how many research opportunities and priorities there are in the future. Certainly, uh, it's going to revolutionize potentially the treatment of type 2 diabetes in the future. Thank you very much for joining me to do the podcast today. Congratulations on your, um, your fantastic paper uh, being published in GUT and um, the listeners will be able to access the paper which should be uh, connected to this podcast now. And once again, thank you very much, uh, Professor Bergman and your team um, for, for producing this uh, fantastic work. Thank you very much, Philip. I enjoyed participating in this podcast.